One of the delights of traveling to other countries is finding new ways to celebrate familiar holidays. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. There's certainly more than one way to wish someone a happy new year. Gelukkig nieuwjaar. Feliz año nuevo. Chok mutlusenelar hepinese. Tanta felicidad e tanta ricchezza e buon anno. Egeshe gedre. Buona fortuna. Le mie mutande sono rosse. Bringing in the new year brings up a host of emotions as we reflect back on the past year and anticipate what lies ahead. So each country and culture relies on its own set of traditions, rituals, food, and sometimes even superstitions to properly greet the new year. Today on Travel with Rick Steves, we'll find out how some of our friends are celebrating New Year's Eve in Scotland, Holland, Hungary, Spain, Sicily, Turkey, and even Australia. We're all on this planet together, and the better we understand it, the more likely we'll celebrate rather than fear its fascinating diversity. We ring in the new year overseas on Travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines. With their new Advantage Award booking tool, it's easier than ever to book to over 800 Advantage Award destinations online at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. Every society greets the new year with its own special twist. While we're watching a big ball drop on Times Square, they're popping down grapes in Madrid and slurping shrimp down under. For this festive special edition of Travel with Rick Steves, we're visiting with friends from around the world to hear what kind of craziness marks their New Year's Eve. Thanks for joining us. New Year's Eve is coming up, and uh, let's pretend we're in Scotland and we're about to celebrate the end of the new year and the beginning of the next. And I have with me two friends of mine and guides, Anne Doig and Ken Hanley, joining us from Edinburgh. Thanks for being with us. You're very welcome. Thank Pleasure. you for having us, Rick. Are you looking forward to New Year's in Edinburgh? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. How do you celebrate New Year's Eve in Edinburgh? Awful excited. Uh, uh, very traditionally. I know we have what's said to be the biggest street party in the world, but you know, if we're going for tradition, which I still do and Anne still does, then one of the, the big things is that you make sure the house is clean. <laughs> so the house, in other words, has got to be clean. And you make sure that you've got enough drink for your friends and things like that. And it's just spontaneous, even spontaneous, that uh, people go first footing. So you go first footing, and to go first footing properly... You have to have a piece of black coal, a wee piece of cake, and a wee bottle of whiskey. What's first footing? It goes, you go to friends, you just tap well, a you door. You go visiting. And you Aye. have visiting. Oh, you, you, go, you drop into your neighbours, and what do you have with you? You have a piece of coal, yeah. a cake, a piece of cake, and a whiskey. So you've got food, drink, and warmth. You've got all that can sustain you. So and they're not going to turn you away? Absolutely not. And I think if you have, if your first footer, uh, traditionally in, Scot in Scotland, is tall, dark, and handsome, that means that you're going to have a year of good luck. It's quite interesting. It has to be dark. And I wonder if anyone knows why it has to be a dark mm. person, dark here. It dates back to the attacks by the Vikings, the blonde, tall Vikings. If you were blonde, you might be a threat. So it had to be a dark person. And you open at the strike of midnight, you open your front door and rush through and open the back door. So you're welcoming in the new year and letting the old year out. So there's all these traditions that we adhere to. <laughs> wow. Now, is there something that is like a countdown in, in Edinburgh? Or do you look at London? Or in New York, we have Times Square and they drop the ball and so on. It's fireworks, really. Yeah. We don't have a, a countdown, but there's a big street party, you see, so they'll be counting down on the stage. There are entertainers and oh, yeah. bands playing. So on and TV, so they all, you'd have the big band. Yes, and, the big and then all of a sudden, there's an explosion of fireworks over Edinburgh Castle. With but the then backdrop. you get down with your neighbours and you open your front door. Absolutely. And you open the back door. Yes. Well, as Anne explained, that is a tradition. And we're welcoming in the new by opening the door. And the back door, you're getting rid of the old. And it, it is still adhered to today. I mean, st total strangers can turn up at your door 
and, and, and everyone's and, welcome. And everyone's welcome. And they come in and you offer a drink, you offer a piece of cake, they have a wee blether, uh, you know, and then That's you move along. And a wee blether is a wee little blether top. A wee blether is a little top. <laughs> have a wee blether. And it then. sort of gets known in the community who's got open house. That's what happens. Oh, okay. And if you've got open house, then everyone piles in to visit you. So okay. if, you're in, if you're in Scotland on New Year's Eve, it's just like one big open house. People are on the streets, they've got their coal and their drink and their cake and they're going to yep. knock on a stranger's door and celebrate the New Year. Absolutely. We all sing uh, Old Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne. Yeah, yeah. yeah we do. That, that's oh. Scottish, isn't it? Yes. yes. Uh, Robert Burns. That's yeah. Robert Burns. What, yeah. what does that mean, Old Lang Syne? For the sake of Old Lang Syne. A lot of different interpretations. I would say for old friends. Remembering. Remembering. Friends for, for friendship's sake. And you know the song. Sing the song for me. It's uh, old sentimental yeah. uh, song, old you know. Acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot for the sake of old Lang Syne? Now, here's the hand, my trusty friend, and here's the hand, oh mine. And it goes on. And, and you're all holding hands. Then, over. But people that don't know it don't mix it. And then it's backwards and forward. It's this inbuilt thing in the Scots that... Uh, you know, we're, it's been great to see you. We don't want to see you go, but because you're going away, for the sake of all Lang Syne, keep that memory, keep everything, that Safe heartfelt goal. thing. So that's the, that's the punchline of the lyric is, for the sake, sake of, of old Lang Syne. The old, same, the old good sake old of times. Yeah. Yes. Of and good our, old friends. For the sake of good that's old That's my friends. interpretation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Our right. friends in England are trying to steal it from us, but we won't Bad Scottish. <laughs> for the sake of old Lang Syne, Happy New Year. <laughs> And happy, happy New Year, year to all you. the best to you. Happy New Year, Rick Boy. We twa up the place and put the gallons fine. But we've wondered money how we defend some old blind sign. New Year's Eve is approaching, and let's nip over to the Netherlands here and see what it's like in Holland. I have with me Elizabeth van Helst, who's from the Netherlands. Elizabeth, as the year ends and a new year starts, what happens in the Netherlands? Contrary to Christmas, it's more a celebration with friends. It can be with your relatives, and you usually have a party at home. You eat very special uh, olibole. Olibole, what is olibole. that? Oh, how can I explain you? Do you know when I say beignet? Olibole is something you make a mixture and you put it in the oil. Oh, it's like a donut, a sweet, yes, a sweet yes, donut. And exactly. It, uh, okay, right. And it can have different shapes, but the real olibole is a round ball, and you can put raisins in it. Ah. So, and then when it is cooked, when it is hot, you dip it in sugar, right? But powdered powder sugar, sugar, right? Yes. Or you eat apple flopper. That is a bit the same, but there is apple inside. And, of course, you wait until it is 12 o'clock. Well, then is the big, big, big kissing. Is that right? Tell me, take me right up to New Year's. What happens? Yes, you usually wait until the clock strikes 12. Well, now I suppose everybody is doing this with television. No? Mm -hmm. And so you wait, it is 12 o'clock, it gives the sign, and up, you have to kiss each other and uh, wish you Happy New Year. It's not my best thing because I start to cry because there is so much emotion. And then everybody runs out of the house and they start to put a firework. Okay. Well, all the neighbors come outside. Well, you can have an accident, of course, so it's always a little bit scary because it's real firework and right. the children play with it. Yeah. Uh, but that's the way we celebrate it. And do people make New Year's resolutions in the Netherlands? Do they make promises for the New Year, how they'll make their life better or anything like this? Oh, I think all smokers, they decide not to smoke anymore of course. <laughs> next year. <laughs> all those who have uh, a few pounds uh, um, over, well, they, they decide to go on a diet. But maybe this goes up until the 1st of January at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. I think that's pretty international. And uh, yes. what's the big drink for New Year's Eve in the Netherlands? Well, I suppose it used to be beer because that is our drink in the Netherlands. Yeah. I think now everybody will drink champagne at 12 o'clock. Champagne. Yeah. So Christmas is family and religious time and New Year's Eve is a party with friends. Yes, or with your relatives. Or with but your relatives. But it is more, you see, it's more lively, it's more funny. It's Well, the original Christmas celebration was more... 
I would say more religious. More thoughtful and religious. Well, the Dutch are very good at having a good party. I know that. Oh. And please, how do you say Happy New Year in Dutch? Gelukkig nieuwjaar. Gelukkig nieuwjaar. Gelukkig means happy. And nieuwjaar is new year. Dank u wel. Gelukkig nieuwjaar. Graag gedaan. I'm Rick Steves. We're celebrating New Year's. We're getting all excited for the end of this year and the beginning of next year. And let's pretend we're in Hungary. I've got two friends with me, Atelka and Levante. What goes on in Budapest and in Hungary on New Year's Eve? It's another reason to have a party. In Budapest, people go to restaurants or most of them just stay in the streets and enjoy the life. It's cold out in Hungary. And no yes. matter. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right about that. It's freezing. And the, and the streets are filled with people. Filled with people. They, everybody buys these cheap horns that they just blow all night long until they just go completely useless. And, you know, a lot of alcohol, a lot of friendships are made. Merrymaking. 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 In small towns, what would it be like in a village in the countryside of Hungary? Everybody is happy and young people organize parties, so-called house parties or home parties. They come together, sing, talk. And sometimes they play uh, together. And at midnight, it's very important to say cheers, Egeshigedre, with the champagne. Egeshigedre. 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 Almost. Tell me again, teach me. Egeshigedre. Egeshigedre. Very good. Egeshigedre. I'll remember that. To your health. That's literally Zumbol, like in German. So at midnight, you have your glass yeah. and you, you toast. You yeah, toast, right. yeah. And what is important, we all sing our national anthem. You do, yeah. at midnight. We do. Yeah, we, we, don't, do. we don't sing it very often. Hungarians yeah. are very careful with the national anthem issue. It doesn't get sung every ball game or just, you know, all kinds of rendition of it. You really sing it only a few times, very solemn. And, uh, wow. Uh, and that's years. after midnight. So you have the, uh, the drink, the, the toast, yeah. the kissing or whatever, and then... You sing a little of your national anthem. And most of the people watch the television that time, even yeah. for that a few minutes. And through the television, you listen the national anthem and we sing together. It's such a nice uh, moment. The and whole country together yeah, singing the, the whole national country, anthem. The whole country. Yeah. And, Led and, by and, the television. And as Levanta mentioned, we do not sing uh, the national anthem just every day because it's a sad song and you should have a reason to sing. And whenever I hear, even today, I just stand up and wait till the end of uh, wow. the national anthem. It's a highly revered song. Would you mind singing just a couple, a couple lines of it? Would that be to share with uh, uh, our American audience? Of course. Why don't you start? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ha küzd ellenséggel, Balsos, akit réged kép, Hoz rehát vég esztendőt, Megbűnhődte már enép a múltat sjövendőt. Etaka got choked up in the middle. Yeah, I can feel you know that. I can feel that. That's beautiful. That's uh, weaving the, the cultural pride into the celebration yeah, of the new year. Very much and so. And I, I think we could almost guess what the lyrics were talking about. It's just great to be Hungarian. And That's life right. is good. Yeah. And let's do good next year. And, you know, wherever I travel, I'm, I'm really proud to be Hungarian. Thank you. Tell me Happy New Year's, if you, if you would like to, in Hungarian. Boldog új évet, but we do not wish only Happy New Year. We say... Uh, Egészségekben gazdag, boldog új évet. We, we say that Happy New Year with health. With health. Yes. And then in my good Hungarian, I can say thank you. Kosonom. Szívesen. <laughs> Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines with 4,000 flights to 250 cities in some 40 countries around the world every day. It's easy to book your next flight at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly.
we're getting ready for the new year with a little Spanish, Sicilian, Turkish, and Australian flavor on Travel with Rick Steves. You can share your New Year's traditions with us in our online message boards. It's at ricksteves.com. I'm Rick Steves. It's New Year's time, and we're celebrating the end of this year and the beginning of next year all over Europe. I want to take you to Madrid because I've got with me Federico Garcia Barroso, a friend and fellow tour guide. And let's talk about uh, New Year's celebrations in Madrid. Federico, thanks for joining us. Hello. How are you? Very good. How is Madrid in the New Year's time? Madrid must be like the New York City of Spain. It is, actually. Yeah. Tell me about New Year's Eve celebration in, in your city. There is a tradition in Madrid City. We all gather in Puerta del Sol. San Gate is actually the center, the center it's of the Madrid. the Times Square, The basically. Times Square, exactly. I was about to say that. The Times Square uh-huh. of Spain, of Madrid. And uh, it's a very, very nice place. Uh, it is, you know something, that place is not only the center of Madrid. It is geographically considered the center of the whole Iberian Peninsula, Spain right. and Portugal. And we gather all together there the 31st of uh, December. And there is a Spanish, nice tradition. We eat 12 grapes. 12 grapes, we just have to hear the 12 bells and the 12 grapes. And if we synchronize that and if we do it in the right way, we will have next year, I mean the, <laughs> the next day, we will have love, health, and money. Love, health, and money. <laughs> 12 <laughs> grapes. So actually at midnight, you've got thousands of people on the main square. Many people. Looking at the bell tower of the, exactly. is it the city hall there? A, it is, a, yeah, it's the regional government. Of the Madrid. regional government, it's got a yeah. big clock on big it. Big clock, exactly. And at midnight, it gongs 12 times. Exactly. Do people literally in the right rhythm eat the grapes with the we bell? We try to do it. You yeah. try. Yeah. And if you do it well, <laughs> yeah. you have that good time. You have a wonderful year, yeah. <laughs> is all of Spain watching TV? Or, all of Spain. All of Spain are watching TV, watching the clock, you know and enjoying the, the, this moment of, of the year, you know? Now, this berry, you called it a grape, but it's not technically a grape. There's a name for that. There's even a drink, I think, for this this little berry. What is it? Madro- this little berry? Madrono. Madro- oh, yeah, madroño. Yes, of course, madroño. Is, is that what it is? No, no, but they are grapes, I can tell you. They are okay, so it yeah. is really grapes that you eat on New Year's Eve. Absolutely. I'm sorry, but there mm-hmm. is an, another berry. Exactly. That, uh, we that's have another a, story. That's mm-hmm. another story. That's the mm-hmm. symbol of Madrid. That's the symbol of Madrid. Yeah? Whenever you go to my city, you may find somewhere the symbol of the city where we find a bear trying to climb a tree and to get one of these berries ah. that are called madroño, a very local, local berry in Madrid. Very sweet. Sweet, uh-huh. very, very sweet. And what we do nowadays is we squeeze that fruit, we add a little bit of liquor, and we drink liquor of madroño, ah. which is really, really delicious. Even for people that they are not used to drink, they think that it's something sweet, is it sweet? and a soft. Sweet berry liquor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on New Year's Eve, everybody's getting together. It's, it's a party mm. time, I it's suppose. It's a party, party time. Yeah. What's the favorite drink? The favorite drink in Spain. <laughs> Sangria, I guess. Is that right? <laughs> Sangria and champagne. And, well, that night is supposed to be a little bit more sophisticated, and that's why we, we drink champagne, you know, oh, okay. we toast with champagne. But after that, immediately that, after that, we drink sangria and good wine. That's basically what we enjoy. So every country wants to kick off the new year in proper style with good mm-hmm. luck and health and family and love For and everyone. all of this. Mm-hmm. So it really is 12 grapes. If you're not fortunate enough to be on Madrid Square, let's ah. say you're in uh, Sevilla <laughs> or Barcelona, <laughs> well. uh, is there a Spanish sort of thing you do at midnight? They do the same. They, they do, do the, the same, same in different places. Twelve in grapes. Oh, twelve grapes everywhere. And okay. this is a tradition. This is a quite new tradition because it comes from the 1800s. Right? From the 1800s, there was a, can we say in English, overproduction. I mean, too many, too many grapes. Too many grapes. Too many grapes in the province of Almería, nearby Granada, you know. And they decided to export these grapes and to create this new tradition in the 1800s. Can you believe it? Do you and make an, a New Year's resolution, sort of a promise to make your life better for the next year? Yeah. yeah. What's a typical one? Uh, what can we say? Stop smoking, exercise, <laughs> example, lose weight. <laughs> for example, those are the basic things that we always <laughs> the same all over try the world. to do. And finally, we forget it, as usually. And you forget it. Yeah. I think that's another thing everybody says. Hey, well, let's hear how you can uh, say Happy New Year in Spanish for me. Feliz Año Nuevo. Feliz Año Nuevo. Federico Garcia Barroso, Feliz Año Nuevo. Thank you very much.
I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and New Year's Eve is approaching. All over the world, people celebrate the end of one year and the beginning of another. Let's go to Sicily. I've got with me Tommaso Panti and Alfio Di Mauro, two friends and fellow tour guides from Sicily. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you, Thank Rick. You. If we're in Sicily, what do we do on New Year's Eve? You know, what do we do is we have a way to say Natale con i tuoi, Capodanno con chi vuoi. That means you are going to spend the Christmas with your family and then New Year's Eve with your friends. Say so, that again. That's inter- So Christmas with your family, New Year's Eve with your friends. Exactly. In so Italiano. Natale con i tuoi, that means with your family, with your relatives, and Capodanno con chi vuoi. Tommaso, is that the same for you? Yes, it's exactly the same. Uh, New Year's Eve is a very special moment for us to have big meals, big dinner especially. What's, Our a, typical, mamas. what's a typical dinner for New Year's? Uh, typical dinner is fish. We eat a lot of uh, fish, uh, so codfish above all. Even in Sicily, we don't produce any codfish because we import it from Norway. But anyway, this is, especially in the area where I live, this is a big, uh, very important meal. But also we prepare smoked salmon, shrimps, mussels, and so on. So all the family, you know, they gather all together. Usually we have extended family, 25 to 35 a person, and uh, we spend the night all together. Okay, so you've got a big family. Alfio, you said it's time for friends rather than family. Uh, yes, yes. It is a time for friends because you usually organize a big party with all of your friends. It's a big social time. Yes, it yes. is. The, re- the religion was on Christmas. Now let's party. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly. what we have to celebrate now. Okay. <laughs> now, what about the drinking? Is there a lot of drinking? Wine. 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 Sicilian wine, of course, because we have a big production of wine. So our red Sicilian wine, Nero d'Avola, Rosso dell'Etna, Cerasuolo di Vittoria, delicious wine, or white wine. In this case, with fish, of course, you drink, you prefer white wine. This okay. is important for us to associate the right wine for the right food. Huh? So You always match the wine with, with the food. Okay, it's 10 minutes to midnight. We're in Sicily. What's going through your mind? What's happening next? Uh... Okay, we eat, first of all, grapes. So you're still eating, it's 10 <laughs> yes. minutes to midnight. Yes, even that means we prepare a big, you know, uh, grapes and lentils, because this is the symbol of money. So if you eat the first, and uh, for those people who want to travel, they touch, they hand the, the trolley on the luggage. So the first thing that they have to touch is a baggage, a, a trolley. Really? So if you're, this is the time to start the new year correctly. If you want to travel, you'll, you'll hang onto your suitcase. Yes, this is if the you want money, you, the lentils? What is that? Lentils yeah. and grapes. Grapes is for money. So you'll yes. be, if you see a, a guy who wants more money, he's holding grapes. Yes. If you need more money and you want to travel, you get your suitcase and your grapes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. want better love, what do you do? Well, usually, you know what you do? And that is something very traditional, but, you know, it is something that we always do and we all do. We wear red underwear. It's kind of a yes. good luck. Thing. Really? Yes. Yes, a red Music underwear, especially red for the women. Women wear red underwear. And they are very, yeah. Yeah. What and kind of luck? You know, it's kind <laughs> of good. <laughs> good luck for good the new year. Luck. For the new year, so yes. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna. My underwear are red. <laughs> How, say that in Italian to me. Buona fortuna. Le mie mutande sono rosse. Buona fortuna. Le mie mutande. Everything is red. Can you wear underwear all year long that's red for better luck or only on New Year's no, Eve? No, only in New Year's Eve. Yeah. Because you have a special you... pair of underwear that you wear yeah, only you, on New Year's Eve? You buy a new one every year. Really? Yes. You go to a market the on, important in, the, in December, you'll find red underwear. You go to yeah. market, you negotiate the price for two euros, yeah. something like and that. Some and of them are with a really nice decoration in the front. Yeah, what kind of decoration? Oh, well, <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, is there a countdown? Do you turn the TV on and watch something in Rome, or do you run under your balcony and make noise? Yes, or what you, yes. you do that. Fireworks, you know, all these kind of things, yeah. And then the next day, what's the tradition on the first day of the year? Family? That. Everything is that. All the people, you know, they are in bed until well, <laughs> 1 o'clock or yeah, so. Yeah, usually there is a kind of a branch late... During the day, you know, after a late brunch, a late brunch, and then there is yeah. usually uh, for the survivors actually a dinner, <laughs> a dinner on the first of the year, just to try to eat all of the left leftover leftovers. Yeah. yeah, and you change your underwear. Yes, of course of, you do. You must, otherwise, you know, it's a bad luck in that case. Yes, with the red, luck. you know, underwear <laughs> in the first of the you year. You know, <laughs> it is also interesting because uh, Tommaso was saying that he spends the New Year's Eve with his family. And this is something common. Sometimes you stay with your family until midnight, and then you go, go. and 
have ah, a party yes. after then that. Then you go and you find the people more of your age and yes, have your yes. crazy time. Yes, I've done that many times. In your best Sicilian, can you please wish me a happy new year? Ti faccio i miei auguri per l'anno nuovo. Buon anno. Tanta felicità. Tanta felicità e tanta ricchezza e buon anno. And what did that mean, Tommaso? Have a, new, uh, a great new year, happiness and richness. <laughs> All right. Mille grazie and a happy new year to you also. Grazie. grazie. And we're joined by Melika Saval from Turkey. And Meli, does Turkey uh, celebrate New Year's with all the festivities that you find in the United States and the rest of Europe? Especially in the last 20 years, we've been very regularly celebrating the New Year. I think it's more of the Western influence. Generally, people stay with the family until 12 o'clock, and then at 12 o'clock, the municipalities organize fireworks, big concerts in the center of the city, so everybody goes there and watch and meet each other. They generally don't get drunk, but there's always some precaution taken. You get free ride by the police on New Year's Eve, which is really great. And generally on the TV, we have lots of belly dancing, fun stuff. So is there an actual countdown at midnight? Oh, yes. In America, we have the big thing in Times Square in New York and so on. Do you have the some apple. Pl- what do you have in, in Istanbul? No, nothing like the big apple, but big screams. Big, so at midnight, everybody at goes midnight, out and screams. At midnight, everybody screams. And is there a, a traditional meal that the family enjoys on New Year's? I think we eat just everything. And Lots of nuts. And everybody's out, and then after midnight, the party starts to The party loose. starts after midnight. Until midnight, we're always with our elders. Oh, respecting the elders. Respecting the elders. It's very important. At midnight, the elders go to sleep. Yeah, right after 12, they've had one more year. I don't know if they're happy or not. They go to sleep, and then the rest will go out. And then in uh, a Muslim country, alcohol's not a really a part no, of the, the scene. not in Turkey. It's not so you don't have issue. a, it's not a, there's not a big alcohol factor. No, they do drink, but it's not a big problem. Not a big part of it. Or it's not a, and if somebody does uh, drink, the police actually volunteer. The police volunteer. actually volunteer. They give you a door-to-door service in their police car with the lights turned off. Is there a tradition where you have a New Year's resolution and promises to exercise next year or, or uh, eat less? Oh, I guess uh, we sugar? do that every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and then is there something in the in the countryside? Do people watch on TV? Is there a big center on TV? Would there be movie we, stars? Or? Since in Turkey, most everyone has satellite dishes. Anybody who comes and travels in Turkey, you'll be surprised on the roofs. We have solar panels and we have satellites, even if... The house looked like might be falling apart in the farthest part, remote part of the countryside. So we watch what's happening in Australia. We watch what's happening in other parts of Europe. So we become quite international that evening. So you connect with the world as the world celebrates the new year? Yes. I think Turkey will be a great country as usual. So I'm very hopeful. I think many more tourists will come. Please, many more tourists should come and see Turkey because my country is beautiful. All right. Melly, do you have a New Year's wish for uh, for Turkey for the next year? Yes, I wish peace and happiness and good health. And I want to say it in Turkish, çok mutlu seneler hepinize. And literally, what was that? Very happy years to you. Say it once more in Turkish. Çok mutlu seneler hepinize. And how do I say happy New Year to you too? Sana da mutlu yıllar. Sana du mut Almost. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks, Happy New Nelly. Year. And there's a hand, my trusty friend, and gives a hand
Tony Wheeler, who's the founder of Lonely Planet Publications, who's published guidebooks for every corner of this planet, has joined us. Uh, Tony, we're talking about New Year's. You're from Melbourne, Australia. How do you celebrate New Year's in Australia? Well, of course, New Year is is the middle of summer. I mean, this is about as hot as it gets all year. You know, it's, it's rather different than being in the Northern Hemisphere here. But of course, being outside is part of New Year wherever you are. No matter how cold it is, you're going to be outside, it seems, when the clock comes down or whatever. And I remember quite a few New Year's when I was living in London where I'd go down to Trafalgar Square and people were inevitably getting thrown in the fountains in Trafalgar Square at midnight. And, you know, it could be very cold. It was not a fun thing to have happen at all. Especially if you had to go home on the underground afterwards. But in you know, Australia, it's, it's probably a blessing to be tossed in Australia, it's great. You, know, <laughs> you can be down at the beach. And we, we really seem to like fireworks at New Year. And we've, we've had some great firework displays. And there's often a lot of music at night. They'll, they'll put on musical performances in the parks and the main squares of town. There's a, a lot happening at New Year. And it's quite comfortable being outside. It's the really so Australia good time to be celebrates in. New Year's like a summer beach party almost with fireworks. Yeah. And of course, midnight. because we're, we're just the other side of the date line, we're one of the first people in the world to get the New Year. You know, and you've, you've still got to wait another 17 or 18 hours before you, That's you right. get it over here. Whereas we've, we've, we've had it. We're well into You're the well New well Year. You're well into the New Year. You we're know what it is. We're way you. Yeah. New Year's Eve. 1999, just before the turn of the millennium, I was in a bunker underneath the public television headquarters and everybody was nervous about Y2K. And I remember, thank goodness, Australia survived the new year. I remember that occasion as well. And we did phone people in America and said, it's okay, we're there, we're, we're in the next century already. Y2K, it's yeah, not the end of the world. It hasn't happened. <laughs> That's the great thing about Australia's new year. You got a, a summer beach party ambience and you know yeah. uh, for the rest of the world you've been and there you, first, it's you okay. You probably could if you just timed the flights right. You could celebrate New Year in, in Australia, jump on a plane, fly to America and get here in time to do it all over again. Or if you're sick and tired of it all, you could turn it around and not, not have it, it at completely, all. completely, yeah. <laughs> My last New Year, though, in Australia was actually walking in um, Tasmania, which is the island off to the south of Australia. And we were just miles away from anywhere. There was nobody, you know, close to us at all. And we, um, we actually, I think we fell asleep before the midnight came around. But we put a valiant effort into staying up in our tents and drinking some of the alcohol we carried with us for the occasion. So the real New Year's celebration in Australia is not much different from England except for the climate change. That's absolutely right. Happy hot New Year's from Australia. Next up, one of our listeners shares his trip of a lifetime to the Andes and the Amazon, where he got a taste of nighttime in a native village, much the way it's been for a thousand years. It's Travel with Rick Steves. Žujo, ja sem Petina. Pišem se hiti, prihajam iz Bledej, Slovenije in putujem z Ricky Stevesom. That was Slovenian. My name is Tina Hitti and I come from Blade, Slovenia and I'm traveling with Rick Steves. Žuja, ja sem Tina, pišem se Hitti, prihajam z Bledej, Slovenije in potujem z Rickom Stevesom. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. If your idea of a great New Year's Eve involves really getting away from it all, we've got an adventure for you. Up next... We're joined by a listener from California who emailed us after listening to a show about South America in our radio archives. He described a recent trip to Ecuador that he took with his daughter, a trip I thought you'd enjoy hearing about. Bill's on the phone in Santa Maria, California. Hi, Bill. Hi, Rick. Uh, Nice to speak with you. You too. Thanks for calling. I was prepared to, to talk a little bit about a trip I made to the Amazon through Ecuador. Great. We uh, flew into Quito and then took a bus down an 11-hour bus ride. It was arduous, to say the least, down the eastern side of the um, Andes Mountains, finally ending up at a town called Coca. We had a reference to a guide. Uh, in Quito, we found someone give us a tip on a good guide, and we found this guide. It was my daughter and I that were traveling. And we tracked this guy down in this little frontier town and arranged to have him take us out into the jungle. It, it was interesting because uh, he had uh, to take about two or three days to get prepared. 
and uh, took us out in a dugout canoe with an uh, um, outboard motor and on And is it. that the Amazon that you're at now? No. The river at Coca is the Rio Napo. Does that go into the Amazon eventually? It does. It's a tributary to the Amazon. So just, I'm not very good with my South American uh, geography. So you're flying into Quito, which is the capital of Ecuador? Yes, the capital of Ecuador. And that's, I understand, a very high altitude, right? It's, yes, quite high altitude. It's got a beautiful old church that dates back to the 1500s, one of the oldest cathedrals in the Americas. And you're starting really at the uh, high in the Andes, sort of the um, continental divide, and then you're taking an 11-hour bus ride downhill to the east into the where the Amazon, you could say, is the baby Amazon begins. Very, very steep downhill ride, to say the least, Rick. Okay, and, uh, and then from there you got this mammoth river just starting and eventually dumping out into the, into the South Atlantic. The Rio Napo goes into the Amazon, and then the Amazon goes out into the Atlantic. Okay. But, you know, this whole area is pretty far west in South America. It's uh, Right. Anyway, we got to Coca and found our guide, and he arranged his uh, the boat, got all the supplies and everything, and he brought his brother. Uh, the guide was 19 years old, but a uh, very responsible guy. And he took his wife as the cook, and we went out into the jungle, uh, going down the uh, Rio Napo and stopping each night. We, we passed the tourist flotel the first day out. That's a, that's a floating hotel, then? Yeah, with hot and uh, cold water. Now, you trusted, you trusted this 19-year-old kid and his, his wife? His wife and his brother. And you're just like babes in the wilderness here, trusting this guide that you heard was good in some village in the jungle. Uh, well, we had I had a guidebook. It's called Michael's Guide to Ecuador, Colombia, and Venezuela. Uh-huh. This guidebook kind of laid out uh, the do's and don'ts of getting a guide. So I had okay. a little preparation. And then secondly, I had a recommendation from somebody reputable in uh, Quito in a okay. modern travel agency. So, you know, I, my confidence level was fairly high with this guy, but there was an element of risk. Sure. I asked uh, the Texaco... Uh, oil people in Coca there, they had a station, and I said, should I be doing this? Is this risky? And they said, well, the only thing you really have to fear is the river, because there can be uh, trees and things under the water, and uh, that's the main concern. Mm-hmm. And we uh, ended up, we didn't have any trouble like that, and uh, we went way, way down the Rio Napo, eight days, and stopped each night in various settlements. There'd be a small Indian village or just somebody with a house that we could stay in. And your daughter enjoyed it? She loved it. How old is she? Uh, She was uh, 19. What an experience. Yeah. It was surreal. I mean, the trees and everything were 200-foot-high trees with trees growing in trees. They're so massive. Did it feel remote? It felt very remote. You could feel the oxygen coming out. I mean, the Amazon is the heart of the world, uh, pumping out oxygen for all of us. It's amazing. And the, the amount of water amazed me, too. The river runs pretty fast, and it's big. It's just a huge volume of water pouring down. Did this have any impact on your daughter when she got home? Oh, well, she'll never forget it. You know, it's just an experience that uh, will never go away. We saw a freshwater dolphin, lots of monkey, macaws, scarlet and blue macaws. Uh, lots of birds, different kinds of birds. And this guidebook talks about the anaconda and the jaguar. Well, it's really hard to see animals. They're expert at hiding themselves, and that's how they survive. Hmm. But our guide was good because he would sense an animal up ahead and slow down, and we'd be very still, turn off the motor, and we'd, we'd uh, drift down towards where the animal was, and then we, we would see uh, animals that way. But we ended up at uh, a village of the Harani Indians that was up the Yasuni River, which is a tributary of the Napo. It is very, very remote. And these people are living, uh, lived off the jungle with, uh, using blowguns and spears. And we stayed in one of their huts uh, for two nights, and it was a magical experience. Uh, I went into one of their huts at night, um, just thinking, I'm going to do this and see what, what they're doing and what it's like. And it was like going back into the ancient past. So they're like entertaining themselves socially after hours without television. <laughs> they don't have any, no TV, no, uh, no radio. They so what, did, how, how do they entertain themselves? How do they pass time when they're just hanging out together? They talk to each other. My goodness, what a concept. Yeah, what a concept. 
and they sing to the forest at night. I heard the different huts, uh, the people were singing, uh, chanting a song. And I asked, what, what is that? And uh, it's an ancient custom where they tell about their day and what happened in their day. Now, there was only 50 people in this tribe. Half of them were wanting to go to Coca and work for the oil company, the jobs and everything. You know, the allure of the modern world was there, and it's real, and it pulls people away from the what seemed like a much better life they, out there in the jungle. And you felt like half of them were, would prefer to maintain their traditional, more simple and in-touch-with-nature lifestyle. Exactly. The, the tribe was kind of divided in half, and uh, one half lived over in this side and the other half on the other, and the other side, and the modern half had gotten a hold of a chainsaw, for example, right. and were cutting down trees for building and things, and had guns uh, for hunting. And the uh, the primitive half tended to use uh, spears and the blowguns and didn't want anything to do with going into uh, work in coca for uh, Texaco or somebody. They were trying to hang on to their their old ways. And they were kind of, that that half of the tribe was kind of a little bit standoffish with us, whereas the modern half was more than happy to rent out a hut to us. So you, you, would, you were eight days on the river and every night or two you would change locations and stay in a different tribal village? Yes. Uh, some of them were not exactly tribes. They were just little settlements, and others right. weren't actually a tribe. But this was the end point of our trip, to visit this this tribe way, way deep in the in the Amazon on the um, Yasuni River. What did people wear there? Um, they had some T-shirts, and some were without clothes. Funny thing happened. We have uh, this guidebook, and there's a picture of one of the tribe in the guidebook, completely naked, a lady with her child. And we showed the tribe, and we said, who is this lady? And they they found her, and they were all gathered around looking at this picture uh, in the guidebook of her and, you know, being amazed that somehow they had gotten wow. a picture in a book. <laughs> and that was of no big concern to them? They thought it was just sort of entertaining? It was interesting to them. Uh, you know, they couldn't really relate to it, but here was this picture of one of their tribe in this book. Is there electricity in the villages, or was it just... No, 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 no phone, no electricity, no roads. After uh, dark, what was it like? It was dark. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. Uh, the river, they were on the right on the Rio Napo, and the river was wow. running by their village. And you hear the sounds from the jungle, the birds and the chirping of insects and things, and the howler monkeys at sunset, they howl like heck. So do you figure this was a successful trip for you and your daughter? Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. Sounds it was like, like the trip of a lifetime. It was like a time travel, going back into the past. And when I went into this uh, hut at night, the fire was flickering and their blowguns were leaning up against the, uh, the hearth, campfire hearth, and their uh, spears were there. And they, they had shed their T-shirts and so on and were naked and laying in their hammocks. They use hammocks there a lot. And they kind of didn't know what to make of me coming in and kind of looked at me and I looked at them. And then we started some word games. I tried them to speak some English and they tried some Harani words with me. And the village chief, this was the village chief's hut. And his, he had two wives and one of them was, you could tell, very, very bright because she picked up everything instantly and uh, was able to pronounce words in English and, and German and Spanish. Did these people look at you with envy, or do you think they were satisfied with their lives? Well, the ones that wanted to go to Coca and work uh, weren't satisfied. They were studying Spanish and working on, you know, getting to the wonderful modern world, quote-unquote. The other half were very happy. I never heard any quarreling. I never heard kids being spanked and yelled at. And everybody was kind of spoke quietly to each other. I noticed that. And they, they were making things, uh, baskets and things out of reeds. And, you know, they had their jobs during the day. The men would go out in the morning and hunt. And they, when we got there, they had this animal that was already butchered, and uh, they spread it among the tribe. They shared it. And I said, what is that? What is that, vaca? And they said, yeah, that means cow. Hmm. And later they brought me a hoof of this animal. It was a tapir, the largest land animal in South America. I could recognize it from the hoof and the fur on, on the skin. And they ate a lot of meat, which surprised me. The piranha were in the river. Did you ever go swimming in the river? The Indians went in and swam every day to bathe. And so my daughter and I said, what the heck? 
So with, we were in the. In I thought there piranha were dangerous. Well, I think only you know if you have a cut or something. Okay, um, so don't bleed in the river. Don't bleed in the river. Just remember that, and you'll be okay. What was it like saying goodbye to these people that you met? We learned how to say goodbye in their their language. I've forgotten the word, but they were all standing on the bank as we pushed off. Wow. You know, I don't know what was going through their minds. Uh, they they might have had a little envy, and here's these people coming to take things, uh, pictures of us, and right. and going away. And and you do change the, a tribe like that every time you encounter them. So there's a responsibility when you go there, I think, to uh, you know tread lightly on the culture, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Did you feel that you were um, a positive or a negative influence as you did this trip? Oh, Rick, it's hard to say. Um, no. I hate to think I, we were a negative influence. We right. didn't. We didn't do anything. I guess one thing I, I gave the chief of one of the, the primitive tribe some money, like the equivalent of ten dollars, because I didn't have anything, any other present to give him to thank him for. Right. And and that could have been negative, you know, because. Yeah. But you were you must have been contributing a little bit because your little tour was stopping there, and you were buying local accommodations and meals. Yeah, it. You know, they had one hut. It wasn't a business venture out there. It right. was. Uh, they let us stay with them for, and they did have a hut that we could use, and we brought our own food. We ate very simply, just uh, beans and rice and fruits and things like that. Oh, you bought your own food. So your guide had that figured out. Yeah, we couldn't make sure that there would be food at each stop, so we had had our own food. Well, your guide knew what he was doing. Just to quickly review, what was the guidebook that you said was helpful for that region, Ecuador and so on? Um, It's called Michael's Guide, and it's, uh, well, it's Ecuador, Colombia, and Venezuela. And you used the town of Coca, C-O-C-A, as a springboard to go down the Napo River, N-A-P-O. Correct, right. We went all the way to the border of, of Peru and then up the Yasuni River, which okay. we never left Ecuador. And when you come out of this, just to wrap this up, what did, what did you take away with you from this trip? Uh, the beauty of the Amazon, the incredible beauty of, of the nature out there, the untouched, unspoiled nature, and the river uh, and, and the flowers and the big blue butterflies. So hmm. That was a po- very, and the Indian. It showed us how men lived on Earth for thousands and thousands, if not millions of years before what we have now. Did it seem like the, the human uh, dimension of that was fragile? Very fragile, because the oil companies are developing uh, furiously down there uh, in the Amazon where they've found oil, and they're building roads, and the roads built bring in all kinds of people uh, who take advantage of the Indians. Wow, very interesting. Bill from Santa Maria? Santa Maria, California. Thank you so much for sharing. What a fascinating travel experience that you've had. All right, Rick. A pleasure to speak with you. Uh-huh. Bye now. Bye. I find that a great benefit of travel is a special thankfulness for the place we call home. If you'd like to share the wonders of the place you call home, write up a few paragraphs and email it to us. Tell us why your hometown might be worth a visit. For example, Mary Quinn works at Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, Mississippi, and lives nearby along the Gulf Coast in the town of Ocean Springs. Mary sends us this description of her hometown. Ancient oak trees line the streets and magnolia blossoms scent the air along Government and Washington Streets in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. It evokes a time long gone of neighborhoods and downtown areas where people actually wave hello. Quaint shops offer everything from handmade pottery at the Mississippi Mudworks and pewter at Ballard's to a store completely dedicated to angels. You can make your own bead and charm jewelry at Gabby's on the Avenue or buy a wonderful toy for that special child at Miner's Toys. Antiques from around the world are found at Gina's or Minerva's, and the world-famous Walter Anderson Museum of Art is just down the street. When it's time to take a break, you can enjoy a courtyard lunch at Alfresco's Italian Bistro, a gourmet treat at Bayview Gourmet Restaurant, feel like royalty at Martha's Tea Room, or travel to Lebanon at the Phoenicia. If you come on Saturday, you can enjoy the Fresh Market, 
where the farmers all around come to tempt you with their produce, fresh herbs, and honey. The annual art walk on the first Saturday of September is when all the local artists, and we have plenty of them, show off their talents, oils, watercolors, and ceramics. The first weekend in November is the Peter Anderson Festival. With more than a hundred vendors, food booths, remember funnel cakes, and lots of friendly people. And if all you want is a quiet day in the lazy south, we can offer you our mini parks and, of course, the beach right on the Gulf of Mexico at the end of Washington Avenue, just a short walk away. Please come to experience the joyous environment we live in every day. We would love to have you. That's from Mary Quinn, who writes us from Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Send us your hometown brag, or write up a haiku sharing lessons from your travels. Look for the link in the radio section at ricksteves.com. Travel with Rick Steves is produced by Tim Tatton at Europe Through the Back Door in Edmonds, Washington, with communication support from Robin Stencil, Sonia Grosset, Rachel Unk, and Ashley Southwick, and technical support from Jonathan Lee. Some of the music excerpts on today's program came from Scottish musicians Jim Malcolm and North Sea Gas, Basque Ensemble Oyo, the Pure Heart Children's Choir from China, Harpist Nancy Allen, and the Carnival Steel Drum Band. Our theme music is by Jerry Frank. Happy New Year. Travel with Rick Steves is brought to you by American Airlines. With their new Advantage Award booking tool, it's easier than ever to book to over 800 Advantage Award destinations online at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Rick, boy. <laughs>